as we mentioned last week briefly, um, we need all of you. Uh, we need the entire body working together if we're going to uh, be a truly healthy church. And so this morning we're going to be talking about the last part of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, I ask you to go ahead and get there. And uh, I'm going to kind of lead us through these, these words of Paul and uh, hopefully make some sense of some gifts today. And then uh, we'll talk more about where we're going to head after that. So this week, again, I want, I want to really talk predominantly about um, diversity in, in spiritual gifts. So this week, we're going to highlight the diversity, what makes these gifts different. And then next week, we're going to talk about unity because diversity and unity go hand in hand. And uh, here's what Paul had to say first about diversity uh, when it comes to the gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 6, he says this. We talked about this last week. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And again, in verses 12 to 14 of the same chapter, he says this, For just as the body is one, has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many." Paul is reminding us and saying what many of us already know that belong to Jesus. We, as the body of believers of Jesus Christ, should be diverse. The church in Corinth was very diverse, and primarily in how they rationalized their faith, they were diverse. The church was a hot mess, we know that, in their diversity because of how they lived out their faith. And the church in Corinth was and is an example of a truth that we are going to see living, lived out today. And here's the big truth this morning, and that is diversity will naturally run toward disunity. Diversity, wherever it is in a broken world, until we get to eternity, diversity will naturally run to disunity. More on display now, maybe, than we've ever seen before. Diversity of mind, diversity of race will naturally run towards disunity. So we shouldn't be shocked when we see disunity in our culture, in our nation. We shouldn't be shocked that when we see uh, diversity uh, or when we see disunity happen in bodies of believers who hold different kind of beliefs, diversity will naturally run towards disunity. And now, by saying that, I'm not saying that we should all run from diversity so that we can stay unified and happy. Okay, let me just kind of say that. Uh, I believe the church for too long has possibly run into so many circles of unity and not being diverse that they've kind of just become an echo chamber in of themselves and haven't listened to anybody but their echo chamber. And we don't want to be that kind of church. Instead, we want to celebrate diversity, but we need to understand that it will naturally run to disunity. Um, Disunity and diversity, all these things have caused churches to really kind of shuffle through and really think through some things. Um, I believe this call to just unity, where we just kind of stay stuck in our own little circles, has caused churches to stay comfortable and not challenge the need for diversity and settle in for a long and slow march to the church becoming at best, well, when that happens, let me just say this, When, 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 when we just stay stuck and we don't fight for diversity or teach on diversity, then then I believe that the church can make a long, slow march to becoming at best insignificant and at worst closing altogether. When we're just hearing our own voices, when we don't make room for other people, we can slowly make that march to where the church and the gospel becomes insignificant 
and at worst becomes useless and closed altogether. It's a tension we must deal with, and diversity will by nature run towards disunity. Also, here's what I know about diversity. Diversity often leads to two extremes, either feelings of inferiority or feelings of superiority. Just, it just naturally does, okay? And, and we can fight against it, but ultimately we just need to acknowledge, hey, this diversity thing is tough because on one end we're gonna feel inferior because we're not that. On the other end, we're gonna feel superior because we are that. And it just, it just breeds, unfortunately, some very difficult things. The negative side, whenever diversity increases, unity will decrease. The positive side, though, is unity is always the solution to the issues that arise out of diversity, Unity is always the solution, even though it's pressing against it and trying not to make it happen. When the church is unified, it is beautiful. When the church is unified, it is a message that is clear to the community that it is in, that the gospel is present. So we will see here this morning and over the next few Sundays that we're going to talk about specifically what makes spiritual gifts unique and diverse. And then next we're going to talk about unity and what that looks like. But for this morning, Diversity is not just, let me shift gears, because I think what our minds tend to when we think diversity is culture and race, because that's all we're seeing right now, okay? And let me just say that, let me, I think I should say this. Let me just say this. As Community Bible Church, we truly believe that as good as critical theory is to bring us to where we are, let me just state this out front. I've said this before, but I think it may be said again. As good as critical theory is that brought us to understand systemic racism and all the things that are part of that, which are part of our world, right? So as we, as we think about that, can we acknowledge the fact that the gospel is the only thing that is going to solve the issue, okay? So as good as critical theory is to understand where we come from, it is not going to take us to the ultimate solution. And if you want a message on that, there's a couple weeks back we did one on that. But, but I think it's just important to remember that the, the gospel is truly the thing that will change us, and the gospel is the thing that fits in our world. And yet, well, we'll get into that later. Okay, so diversity is important and it is good, but I think so often we need just to acknowledge those things as a church because I think so often pastors can maybe hide from those things, but I just want to state that out front. That's, that's what we believe. The gospel is the only thing that is going to fix what we see in our culture today. Now, let me shift gears. That, that's kind of the culture. But for this morning, we want to talk specifically on spiritual gifts and the diversity of beliefs that can happen in a church over spiritual gifts. And the goal is not just that we all say the same thing. The goal is that we can be diverse, but unified in our gifts. So let's define spiritual gifts. So that's our goal today. We're going to define spiritual gifts. We're going to define what they are. And then at the last part of this sermon, I'm going to give you a couple myths or misconceptions about spiritual gifts, okay? And then next week, we're going to talk about unity. And then the following week, we'll get into cessationism, cessationism and, and also um, Uh, charismatic and all that kind of stuff. We'll get into those things in in October 4th. But for today, it's spiritual gifts um, and and, and kind of some misconceptions about them. So let's jump into chapter 12. The spiritual gifts we've talked about uh, being this word called charismata, or it's a plural form of charisma. And there's three other Greek words about these gifts. When you put all these words together, though, This is kind of a definition we're going to work from as far as what are spiritual gifts. When you put all the different words together, we discover that spiritual gifts are acts of service or ministry, which are produced through us by a triune God. We talked about that last time. They are acts of service or ministry, which are produced through us by a triune God. Put it in a more biblical way of of 1 Corinthians 12, 7, 
We could say it like this. Spiritual gifts are manifestations of a triune God through the power of the Holy Spirit for the common good of the body of Jesus Christ. So if you want to get really specific and biblical and kind of what does the Bible say, I would say this is probably a good working definition of spiritual gifts. It is manifestations. In other words, the Spirit's working manifestations of of His work and power in our lives by a triune God through the power of the Holy Spirit for the common good of the body of Jesus Christ. That's what we mean when we say spiritual gifts. It is God working through us for the common good of the body of Jesus Christ. 12.7 says it like this, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's listed there in verse 7. And then uh, Paul does this wonderful thing where he jumps from chapter, verse 7 into verses 8 through 10, and he lists nine gifts that are the most debated and hot topics in the church today. Okay? He goes, I'm going to give you nine, nine gifts that are often misconstrued or are misunderstood. So let's look at verses 8 through 10 together. For to one is given the spirit, to, through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, Verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. Verse 10, to another the work of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Okay? In this gift of nine gifts, these are the most debated. These are only mentioned in chapter 12. And these are the ones that probably uh, freak a lot of people out when we talk about what these gifts are. To put it in uh, a list form, you can see here that these are the gifts. Utterance of not wisdom and knowledge, faith, healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpreting tongues. The little asterisks are because those are not only mentioned in this list, but those are also mentioned in other lists, okay? So if you see an asterisk by it, that means this is also mentioned somewhere else. But this list of of nine, known as the sign gifts, these gifts were for, many believe, the express purpose of validating the church. It was a card that could be shown to those looking for the authenticity and validity of the early church in the book of Acts, before the church was actually a thing. So in the book of Acts, we would, we would believe that, that there was the, the start of the church. And as God starts the church, he says, there's going to need to be proof that I am part of this working. And there's going to be signs. That's why you get the word sign gifts is because they're meant to be a sign that, that he was working and establishing his church. They are only dealt with here in this list, and a few make other lists as well, but as, as a whole, they're mainly listed here in chapter 12. So you can look through the whole Bible, and you're not going to find a whole lot more than what you see in chapter 12 on, on, on these specific gifts of the Spirit. And as I said, some would, would hold, and we'll get to that on October 4th, that these gifts were only for the early church, and they were just to establish the early church as a sign to the unbelievers that this was God working— Thus, the term sign gifts, they've also been called miraculous gifts because the word miracles in those. But ultimately, these are the ones that get debated about whether these are still in existence today for the church or whether they have ceased. And we're going to get into that October 4th, not today. Also, they have been called the miraculous gifts because they are by nature supernatural. In other words, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits and tongues, if you've been part of those, those churches or scenarios, they sometimes make you uncomfortable or sometimes they're, just, they're hard to explain. But let me just kind of reassure us just for a second when we talk about spiritual gifts and the weirdness of them. <laughs> Think about what you believe as the crucial belief of Christianity. 
we all believe that God, sovereign God, sent his son through a virgin to be born on this planet, to walk among us, do healings and miracles, to raise up only 12 guys specifically to carry on his message that would then become the church. And this same Jesus died, rose again on the third day by his own power, was then transported to heaven after being shown to be Jesus by the transfiguration and glowing a bit for three other guys on the top of a mountain. And then from the top of that to be returned to heaven. And then one day will come back for us to return us all to be in a relationship with God. So if you think spiritual gifts are weird, can, can we just acknowledge from the outside world, they probably think that what we believe is weird, is miraculous, is supernatural, correct? I mean, I think we often kind of assume like, well, that's the weird stuff. What I believe is Jesus' birth, death, burial, and resurrection. Well, let's, let's think like outsiders for a second and remind ourselves they think that's weird too. So, so let's just kind of remind ourselves that when we were start talking about the Holy Spirit, especially when you talk about the Holy Spirit in Acts and in the letters in the New Testament, it's a wind. It goes where it will. It, it's very hard to define. He does things that make everybody in the church uncomfortable at times. And and, and, and we're going to talk about what that looks like in a couple weeks, but I just want to remind us when we talk about spiritual gifts in particular, when they talk about miraculous or supernatural, we should not be shocked that that is what they are called because only by the Spirit of God are they manifested and only by the Spirit of God do they, they work in the church. So our faith is kind of built on what many would say would be weird. And again, we'll talk about what the church believes, what we believe as a church specifically when we hit chapter 14 where Paul will deal a lot more with tongues and prophecy. We're going to talk about the two big camps again, cessationism and charismatic uh, on October 4th. Um, but for this morning, I just want to kind of, again, look at these lists and kind of just put them out there for what they are. So first off, this, that was the first list. The second list is in 27 and 28. And again, diversity is key here. So in 12, 27, and 28, he says, uh, And God appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, in various kinds of tongues. So again, you see tongues here again. And if you see the list, it's gone from nine to about eight specifically. You can throw that list up there um, next, Justin, if you could. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, helping, administrating various kinds of tongues. Now, apostles, we're going to deal with that on October 4th because many believe that apostles are specifically those who were eyewitnesses to Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. That's what qualified you to be an apostle. And so there's much confusion in the church today about whether the gift of apostleship still is in play because many, well, all of us have not visually, tangibly seen Jesus and walked with Jesus the way the apostles would, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But those are what, God, what, what Paul is saying are, are, are for the church. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healing, helping, administrating various kinds of tongues. Here's what I love about this list. Do you notice that he talks about apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healing, supernatural, helping? 
Isn't that great? He's almost like I can hear, he's like, I can hear the church. I can hear them starting to get hyped up on the prophets and the teachers and the miracles. Give us miracles. Give us healing. I can think of a, a youth group student I had in my very first youth group, and we took the spiritual gift test, and she took the test, and she handed it back in. She goes, oh, man, I wanted healing. And I'm like, I'm not sure that's how this all works, but, but uh, I appreciate the enthusiasm, and I'm not sure what you would do with that gift. It's probably best you don't have that gift because I knew her, uh, but... But I said, did you look at the other one, though, that the helping is actually a spiritual gift listed in the list. Administrating is a spiritual gift to which I have to, as a pastor of this church, say amen and amen because it's not a spiritual gift I have. And I love those that have it and they're able to use it, okay? And he throws those two in among various kinds of tongues. So the people had to be like, are you, what, what, okay, so which one is it? You're going to see why that's here in a second. And then, so that list, and then he goes into this list in, in Romans chapter 12. Let's throw this one up. This is the third list in Scripture, Romans chapter 12, 3 to, three to 8. Prophecy, service, again, is, is in there. Uh, teacher, exhorts, giving, leadership, and acts of mercy are all listed as spiritual gifts. That symbol, as you see it, is the Holy Spirit. And then at the bottom, the triune God gives us those things through those those different gifts. Prophecy, service, teachers, exhorting, giving, leadership, acts of mercy. Okay. And then lastly, uh, there's a, the last list is in Ephesians chapter 4. And there's five listed here. He mentions apostles again. He mentions prophets, which are mentioned in every single list just about. So that's an interesting thought. Evangelists, shepherds, and teachers are listed as the five for Ephesians. So with all of these lists, right, Here's what I want you to understand. They're all unique and all diverse, and we're going to talk about which ones we believe are here, which ones maybe have ceased or not ceased, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about that. But for now, can we just say that as these are actually applied to a church, the church gets healthier. So the last slide would look like this. This is actually how this would look in a church today. All these lists being used by the Spirit, manifested through the Spirit, for the common good of the body by a triune God, and all of those get used in the church body today, manifested through spiritual gifts. Now, a lot of you who have grown up in church, you may have known that, you may have believed that. Um, and, and for some of you, maybe this is new. Like, I don't, I've never talked about the spiritual gifts. Uh, I'd like to know more. I knew you'd say that. So on October the 25th, if you want to mark this on your calendar, uh, we are actually going to be having a class after church. Uh, it's our first ever one we've done called a shape class. And so for those who've been through membership, um, you, you realize that we've done the membership class, but then we kind of left you hanging of like, here, now you're a member, go serve somewhere. But we never really spent a lot of time working with you on who you really are and how God's wired you and gifted you. And so on the 25th of October after service, we're going to have a shape class. And the purpose of this class is to go into more detail on the gifts. It's also to kind of give you a spot of who you are. We're going to look at personality. We're going to look at spiritual gifts. We're going to look at your, your, your passions. We're going to look at uh, your experiences. We're going to look at all those things together, and we're going to dive heavily into that. So if you're interested more in this topic, I can't cover it all this morning, but October 25th, uh, we are going to offer that for you as well. So, but for this morning, um, I find it may be helpful to share maybe some misconceptions that surround spiritual gifts so that we can have a better understanding of what they are. So let me give you a couple misconceptions uh, that maybe help clarify some things in spiritual gifts. Again, this is going to be a lot more head knowledge today, so I apologize. Again, um, you may be thinking I should have picked a better Sunday, but that's on you because it's too awkward to leave now. So you can't, you're in, all right? So let me just give you a couple things, misconceptions on, on spiritual gifts that maybe you've, you've been held or believed to. So here's number one. Only pastors or key leaders have the gifts. 
Okay? We may believe that only pastors, past, pastors, <laughs> pastors or key leaders have these spiritual gifts. It's kind of the quarterback syndrome of the NFL, right? There's 53 players on a roster, um, but ultimately we feel as if it's just the quarterback that's the, the, that's the deal. And unfortunately, sometimes the quarterback knows that he's the deal, Cam Newton. And, and, and it's only about him, Cam Newton. And Cam Newton thinks he is the best thing and could probably run the entire NFL team slash league. But, but that's, that's a whole other story, Cam Newton, just to pick on Cam Newton. Um, we should do this more often. This is very therapeutic for me to pick on Cam Newton. But um, the quarterback syndrome is that this one guy is the, and some of the, some of the people are like, who? You'll, you'll find out. Just Google, Google Cam Newton and the picture alone will tell you like, oh, that guy. Okay. So anyway, the hats and the whole thing. Okay. Um, the quarterback sometimes is seen as like the key thing, the guy that is everything. And so sometimes we assume that all the gifts are just given to the pastors or key leaders and, and they're not for everybody else. And we can assume the same thing as the quarterback's just given all this stuff. It's just about the quarterback that makes the team. When in all honesty, it's all 53 players that make the team and it's the church body that makes the team. And it's not just the key pastors or, or, or key leaders. It is you who are the body. And so the key for us this year is truly to see this church as owning, your, your, for you to own your spot in this church. Not just assume that it's going to get done by somebody else, but for you to own who this, who you are, and, and your role here in the church. So, number one, that's that's a misconception. It is not pastors, key leaders; it is everyone. Number two, uh, you can get only one gift, and you need to know what it is so we can put you serving in kids ministry. Okay, now, now again, you've probably grown up in church where that's kind of the mo, right? Like as soon as you get your gift, and Michelle's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> she didn't know the slide was going to be here, so you can share that with her later. Uh, but isn't that normally the key? Like whenever you get into a church, they're like, hey, you're spiritually gifted in this. You know where you'd be great? Kids ministry. And they're like, uh, no, uh, you don't know my gift because that's not me, right? And, and if, if you've been with us in the last five years, you've been told that multiple times, right? I mean, that's been like the only way you serve for the first two years of our church. If you went to a spiritual gift test, you fled and you fled very quickly because you're like, no, because I know you're going to tell me kids ministry, okay? Now, now I get that, but, but this is not about kids ministry, picking on kids ministry. This is because I believe that there are many gifts that we can have as believers, and I believe that it's not just to pigeonhole you into a specific serving role, which is number three. Spiritual gifts, you may believe, this is the misconception, that spiritual gifts are roles or titles, that somehow, like, I'm labeled that, right? So you keep praying, God, please don't give me helps. God, please don't give me whatever it is that's going to get me into kids' men. God, please don't give me whatever it's going to give me into, into, into parking lot duty. Please don't give me whatever it's going to give me to get into a small group leader. Whatever your fear is, we can assume that those are roles or offices. But the truth of the matter is, spiritual gifts are not roles and they are not offices. So let me explain it this way this morning. They are, they are, simply, they are simply manifestations of the Spirit, so here's how we get to this idea of roles and offices. First off, there's, there's places to which you can serve at Community Bible Church. So here are some places you can serve at Community Bible Church. You could be a children's worker and kids' men, which you should be. It'd be great. So um, <laughs> I didn't make up for that at all. <laughs> She's going to kill me. Um, children's workers and student ministry team and worship team and hospitality team and a care team, parking grounds, administration, community group leader. Those are all some certain areas you can see as places to serve at Community Bible Church. Like, oh, I didn't know those are available. Yes. And if you have a serving gift and those opportunities are there, please take advantage. That, those are the places, okay? And those are sometimes we assume like spiritual gifting will equal that placement, I want to kind of shift that a little bit because I don't think they're the placement. They're, they're different. So one, that's where opportunities are to serve here at the church. But also, let me share with you 
some titles and roles that are in the church. So there's also a title or role of elder, deacon, and deaconess in the church. And and those kind of roles, you go to the next one, Justin, um, are are specifically role-based, right? That there are spiritual gifts that you need to be an elder. There are spiritual gifts that are going to make you a good deacon and deaconess. Wherever you fall into that, there are certain roles and titles. Now, again, roles and titles and places to serve are great, However, let me just give you another list, and this is the list that all believers, every single one of us, should be doing outside of a ministry area. So all believers, let's go to this one, all believers must evangelize, all believers are called to give, all believers are called to pray, all believers weigh prophetic words, 1 John 4, 1 through 6, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 22, all believers are to weigh differing spirits, all believers have faith, have are able to teach, share what God may be saying, receive wisdom. So all of us have those, okay? So, so we can't just say, well, I would love to do that, but that's not my spiritual gift. I can't serve there, okay? Th- th- there may be things that God's calling you to that all of us have to do that may not be as, as neatly put into a children's worker worship team, hospitality team. So instead, what we believe is that these spiritual gifts are not offices or placements for all of eternity. These are, simply, these are simply ways that the Holy Spirit is able to use your gifts in whatever the role is. Does that make sense? So he has gifted you, wired you with the spiritual gifts, and here's, you, you use them in a plethora, that's a fun word, in a, in a lot of different areas. So last slide. So this is actually what it should look like. That the Holy Spirit, as he gives manifestations of the Holy Spirit, gives you the ability to serve in any area here. That you're able to evangelize, that you're able to give, that you're able to, to have faith and teach. And, and, and parking and greeting can be in the helping category, that he enables that in you. Or, or the care team that's, that's part of that. Whatever it is, those are all pieces and parts that the Holy Spirit enables to use wherever you are, not I have the spiritual gift of this, so therefore I'm locked into that ministry for all of eternity. Does that make sense? So hopefully that's a little encouragement to us to say, you know what? You can serve in a bunch of different areas. The Spirit will give you the ability in the giftings to do that. It's just don't get tied to the office or the position. Um, One of the commentators says it like this, an office is a position that one is called to fill. Thus, it is external to the office holder. If the gifts were merely offices that were bestowed upon, then Paul would not have commanded Timothy in particular to not neglect his gifts and need to encourage him to fan into flame his gifts. So it's not roles. uh, you, you, You understand that it's not locking you into a thing. It's not just pastors who get it. Number four, you have all... um, uh, you have all you will ever get at the point of salvation they need, and they just need the activation code. <laughs> that may be a myth that we believe, right? I have all they have, all I, have I just got to find the right activation code to activate the gift. I'm, I, I start to believe a little bit differently in the fact that you may have different gifts along the way because the Spirit may manifest in different ways throughout your journey in Christ. And you may be able to have a certain gift that he's equipping for that body and for that purpose that's not just a locked in forever only gift identity markers. That makes sense? So in other words, it's not so much an identity marker as much as it is my reliance upon the Spirit's work in my life to build for the common good. Does that make sense? I know it's a little confusing, but I truly believe that it is for the common good and he will manifest in, in ways that he seems appropriate. And I don't know, and I can debate this, this is not a closed-handed issue here at Community. 
And I would debate this with you, and we can talk through this, but I don't know that it's you get all of them at once. You just need to activate them. I believe the Spirit can actually enable them whenever in your, in, your, in your journey through Christ. And I believe he can use them in whatever body of believers he wants to use them in. And we can talk about that one-on-one if you have questions or at the class, but, but I think that's an important dis- distinction to make this morning. And then lastly, number five, um, gifts always work at consistent levels, intensity, and productivity. Um, that's, that's a myth. I don't believe gifts always operate at consistent levels of intensity and productivity. Uh, you see this in how we've gotten into really bad places with miracle and healings. Uh, so think of all those ones you've seen on TV that the guy just won't go down. You know what I mean? He's going like this and be healed and be healed and be healed. And the guy's just like, nope, right? Or, 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 or they, just, they just assume they can just turn it on and turn it off in miracle world. Um, and and, and, and I, I believe that we have to be careful that they don't always consistently operate at these levels. And here's biblically where I get that. 1 Corinthians 14, 18, 2 Timothy 1, 6, spiritual gifts often vary in intensity and accuracy. And Paul may have had this in mind even when he wrote his list in Romans 12, where he says in Romans 12, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith. Okay, so I believe that they are not always just always on. I believe they can be, they can, they can vary in consistent levels in those areas. And again, this is all by the Spirit's working. And again, these are not closed-handed issues for us at Community. This is diversity of belief. And if you want to debate me, that would be great. I'd love to talk to you more about how, how we got there and what that looks like. So that's, that's for that. So with all this diversity and with all these misconceptions that we possibly have about spiritual gifts, we close, this, we close with this. How do we then become unified? We started off this morning saying that while we have diversity in our gifts, the true proof, proof of our gifts being used well in any church will be the unity that they produce, not the factions or the divisions that come from them, okay? The church should truly be the ones that are acing the test mentioned by Gandhi. <laughs> I don't know you're quoting Gandhi in here, but I know, but it's a good quote. He says this, our ability to reach unity and diversity will be the beauty and the test of our civilization, And I truly believe for the mark of the church, the mark of the church, the beauty of the church will be seen in its ability to reach unity in the midst of diversity, even when it comes to spiritual gifts and our feelings on it, okay? Last but not least, 1 Peter chapter 4, 8 to 11. Maybe some say this is gifts. I don't believe this is gifts as much as this is practical living out of the gifts. And this is where we close on on how this diversity gets lived out. Above all, verse eight, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order, this is it, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All of this, we've said before, is about the glory and the renown of Jesus Christ. The gifts being manifested in this church are not to make you somebody special. The gifts that are manifested in the body of Jesus Christ in his believers is for the glory and the display of Jesus. That's why I love that Paul used the word manifested, that he's the one that causes it. He's the one that enables it. There is nothing you can do to engage the, 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 the spirit of God to, to work these gifts outside of prayer and asking God to earnestly have you desire them, to fan into flame the desire for these gifts, okay? And so in all of it, he says, the key thing is that you serve the strength God supplies and you do it as good stewards varied in the grace given to us.
Again, misconceptions about spiritual gifts may be there. The lists are there. We're going to talk more specifically about the ones that cause us some issues on October 4th when we get into prophecy and tongues. But next, we're going to talk about unity. Before today, can we just remind ourselves that diversity is the key? That God has made the body of Jesus Christ diverse in its gifting so that it can be used. So all that to say, we need all of you. (laughs) This isn't like the pastor just does it all or the key leaders do it all or the staff does it all. We need all of you on the team with your giftings and abilities so that we are healthy moving forward as a church. And that's what I'm excited to see is God using your gifts, passions, and abilities as a body to move us forward as a church. And so hopefully, maybe some of you, this is exciting to think about, man, I didn't know I had that gift. I don't know I was even called to have a gift. You do, and, and God is wanting to use it for the body of Jesus Christ here in this community. So let me pray, and I'll get us out of here um, this morning. God, that's my prayer uh, that, that Peter gave as well, that we would do this by the strength that you supply that we would do this uh, only by your work and power, that you would get all the credit for all that happens here. God, over the last five years, you've done amazing things and lives that have been transformed because of your working here. And so, Father, we pray that you would not stop. We surrender our will to yours as a church and we say, God, keep moving. Keep doing the things you did at the beginning. Keep saving people. Keep discipling them. Keep fanning into flame those gifts that we have as believers. And Father, would we use them well. God, we thank you for being a God who continues to keep us unified in the midst of diversity, and we thank you for being a God who is in control uh, of this church and others like us. So we thank you so much for that. It's in your name we pray. Amen.